0: Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga A teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's word For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach Thank you because your people are anointed to receive And together faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Now, we started studying on the subject or the concept of leadership. Now, I really want us to not to take this as one of those leadership lessons that we learn, but I want us to allow this to renew our minds and change the way we also live our lives. It's important for us to understand that one of the words for, or rather the primary word for repentance is the word metanoia. I've, I've talked about it a lot in our church. And it means to change your mind or change the way you think. To change your mind or change the way you think. Now, it's important that when we talk about the subject of leadership, that you renew your mind and think kingdom perspective towards Leadership. Now, when we started last week, we dealt with a a couple of things. First of all, we dealt with how the Pharisees saw leadership. So let's continue from there today. Luke chapter 20 and verse 46 to 47. Luke 26, sorry, Luke chapter 20 and verse 46 to 47. Uh, It says, Beware... Of the scribes. Now, the scribes originally were to be teachers of the word. All right? And it says, Who like to walk around in long robes and love respectful greetings in the marketplace and chief seats in the synagogues and places of honor at the banquets. Now, when you look at this verse of scripture very carefully, you would realize that everything we call greatness is what is described in this verse. This is what people aspire to. One of the things we must understand about Christianity, and I think it's something we need to lay emphasis on over and over again, is the fact that Christianity is not the fact that we go to church or we're members of a church. If it doesn't change the way we think about setting things, then our salvation is questionable. Are, are you following this? Come on, are you here? You, when you embrace the life of God and the principles of the kingdom, setting things has to change. And, and, and one of the things that have to change when you embrace the word of God and the life of God is your concept of greatness and your concept of who a leader is. It has to change. If it doesn't change, it means that the values of the kingdom has not infused your life so strongly. Praise God. Now, verse 47 says, but they devour widows' houses. So the end product of their leadership is that uh, widows are ripped off. And for appearance sake, offer long prayers. So, these kind of leaders, they do things just for the public show. And, and you know, we've seen that the Lord, and we've even seen Christians uh, go ahead to commend that. And, and you see people, uh, I mean, and I, when I say this, I'm not referring to anybody in particular, but it, if it affects you, I mean, it's the word of God. You see people in particular, they would see... Uh, Uh, a woman roasting corn by the side or selling something by the side, then what do happen? They go give the woman money. And and you know, people will be praising that. Oh, good works. Oh, good. That's how everybody should be. Now, my question is, why why go with a camera to do that? What's the motive? Come on. Hello, church. Are Are we together? I know some of us have commented on those pages. These ones are better than those pastors who steal money. No problem. But why do you carry a camera? Now, I'm going to cinema, um, right? And I know a woman sells corn. This is an example. I don't know if there's any woman there. But I know a woman sells corn by the roundabout, right? Then I want to give her money. Then I say, hey, Harry, follow me. Carry the camera. Then I go and I give her money and I record it. I go on, on, online and I post it. The action is good. And then you hear very good things that are subtle, devil-inspired wisdom. We are doing this so that we can inspire more people to do good. Well done. And listen, and if we are not careful, we would go against the very words of Jesus that tells us that we should do good in secret. We would... You see, the culture of the world poison will never come. Do you think if you went to the store to buy uh, food and they wrote one, this thing, poison, it kills you quickly, except you are suicidal. Right? And you think you'll just go there and say give me two. I want to die double death. Except you are suicidal. Nobody eats poison when it's marked poison. Are you following this? And some of you know that you, when you want to kill the rats in your home, what do you do? You buy a capsule. But you don't just spray, spray the capsule on the floor. What do you do? Tell me what you do. I know you've killed some rats. Don't worry. human rights is not listening to us. What do you do? Huh? You put it in the meat. That's how wise you are. You know that if you throw the indoor capsule that day, the rats would live another day. So the devil will never come and say, hey church... We want to make you go against the word of Jesus He will never do that All he will say is All those things you people are doing secretly Show the world Let the world also know that the church is good And then you would have pastors Go and be serving people food And their cameraman is there And say oh that pastor is very humble (laughs) For appearance sake They offer long prayers Not that they really want to pray long but so that they will appear like they are intercessors, they will pray long. Look at what the words of Jesus. He said, These will receive greater condemnation. He was talking to the scribes. He wasn't talking to Gentiles. He wasn't talking to unbelievers. He says, this will, Why? Because everything they are doing here goes contrary to the principles of the kingdom. You see, always check your motives as a child of God. Don't do things that are good with questionable motives. That is why I will never subscribe when people are taught. Help people. You don't know what is going to become great tomorrow. The person you don't help today is the one that might help you tomorrow. It, it already, it, it, you know, your motive is already questionable because what you're doing is not helping people. You are investing for your future. And so you look at this man and say, let me help you. I don't know what to become of you tomorrow so that you will help me. And that is why when we have helped people and they don't help us, We get so bitter and so angry because we didn't actually do it because the Lord asked us to do it. It was an investment that did not pay off. Are we still together? Talking about leadership. Now, this is interesting. There are five myths about leadership. And I've told you what myths it is. Stories or beliefs that are not true. Let's, Let's go through this quickly. Number one. Some people believe that leadership is as a result of a charismatic personality. So, when you're charismatic, you can talk, praise God. You know, you have all the oratory, you have the the build. you walk into a place. Hmm? Some think that's leadership. That's not necessarily true. Some of the most wicked people that ever lived and killed people were orators. Hmm? Number two. Some people feel leadership is just as a result of training. But that's not true. Some people have been trained over and over and over again. And they are not yet good what? Leaders. Number three. I'm going fast. We have a lot to cover. you get the message later and follow up. Number three. Leadership is by providence. Some people just believe certain people are chosen by the gods. To the leaders. So uh, we can take our monarch. Uh, system of government, for instance. When you're born by a king, you automatically become a king. So people just say that's how leaders come. Number five, some be- people believe that leaders are born. That means not everybody can be a leader. Certain leaders... Certain leaders are born. And that's not true. All right? Now the truth of the matter is that every one of us And I've said it before When you accept the Lord Jesus Christ Every one of us have the seed of leadership in us Because we're heirs of God Christ dwells in us The greater one lives in us So we might not have the positions But every one of us have the seed of leadership Now we might need to go through training We might need to work on our personalities But don't believe the lie that you're not a leader And I told you Every one of you here today is influencing someone Knowingly or unknowingly There's a young chap in your compound You are influencing There is a friend you are influencing Are you following what I'm saying? Husbands you are influencing your wife Wives are influencing children You are copying your parents So every one of us here We've got the seed of leadership On the inside of us Can you say I have the seed of leadership On the inside of me Say it like you really have it now Say I have the seed of leadership On the inside of me Alright, now what you do with that seed of leadership is largely determined by you. But the seed is there because every man was created to have dominion. Okay, Now, I I, I like this quote by Dr. Miles Monroe. It says, True leaders would influence their environment more than their environment influences them. And that is big. I want us to think about that. True leaders would influence their environment more than their environment influences them. And I've always said this, you cannot change a world you have fallen in love with. So as children of God, we cannot take our leadership examples and influences from the world. We, we cannot allow the environment to determine how we are leaders. Because if we allow the environment to determine How we are leaders You know what's going to happen? We can never change the environment Let me tell you the truth If Jesus Christ had not resurrected from the grave I don't know how many people would think That Jesus was a leader I don't know how many people would think so Because he appeared like a very weak man I'm talking about taking out the miracles Right? He appeared like I mean, Imagine yourself if you had all the powers in this world and somebody hung you on the cross and you had all the powers in this world. What are you going to do? Hey, come on, will you stay on the cross? Do you think you will stay on the cross, Mr. Man? No. You say, even if I want to die, <laughs> I will not die like a goat. Yeah. If you study um um history of wars, study history of wars. I've forgotten what, what, what battle was this now? Uh let me not give wrong names, but there was, there was uh, during the the, the the battle led by Hitler, uh, there was a particular island they were supposed to capture around Spain and around those regions. And uh, one of these nations, one of these European nations, they were, um, um, they were overpowering Hitler's army. And uh, the commander sent to Hitler and says, oh, we're losing the battle. Let the men retreat. And Hitler says, No, don't retreat. That you rather die defending than retreat. They lost a lot of soldiers. That's natural. Man, they didn't want to face defeat. So they rather died and they lost a lot of soldiers. So if you were as powerful as Jesus, I'm not sure you would agree to die on the cross. So, when we study the kingdom pattern of leadership, it might look like weakness to us. And that is where our human nature does not want to comprehend it. You know, many people, you know, sometimes when we look at our leadership, uh, as we experienced a couple of nights ago, you would realize that people say, oh, but this person has been in power before. What else does he want? Everybody comes to the guys that we want to serve people. But the truth of the matter is that it's not about service, it's about those things we've mentioned. And unconsciously, even in our little sphere, we are allowing these things to govern us. Is it really about service? Or about the position? There were unlikely people that God used as incredible leaders in the scripture that will not come out as leaders. Number one is Nehemiah. Who was Nehemiah? He was a cupbearer to the king. Just a cupbearer. Just. Just serving the king And the seed of leadership was in him In fact, he's so powerful That he completed building the Jerusalem wall In 52 days He led Slaves Captives To go build the Jerusalem wall In 52 days Now let me tell you If somebody had looked at Nehemiah And said this man had the capacity to rebuild Jerusalem walls Are you sure you picked Nehemiah? Come on church, talk, talk to me Do you think you picked Nehemiah? But the seed of leadership was in him. The job you are doing right now might not look honorable in society's eyes, but the seed of leadership is in you. If you allow God to walk on you, if you allow this teaching to shape your life, you'll be amazed at what God will do from your life. The seed of leadership is in you. Another one is Esther. Remember Esther? Taken by her uncle Mordecai. In fact, for Esther to enter into the competition, Mordecai had to tell her, don't tell the Jews. Don't tell these people you're, 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 you're a Jew. And my uncle raised her. And she went through that process. And through her, the Jews were saved from killing. From being killed, sorry. If you had seen Esther serving Mordecai. I say, where is your father? Probably. My father is dead. My mother is dead. Who is this? Your uncle. Hey. I hope they are giving you food. Though. Do you understand? <laughs> so, what did your uncle tell you? He said, I should not tell people I'm a Jew. Don't mind them. They want to hide your identity. Don't mind that, your uncle. <laughs> but you don't know that within that little girl, the salvation of the Jews was going to be locked up in her. As you are seated here... A whole lot of you listening to me, you're going to be greater than me. You're going to be more mighty than me. You're going to influence the world more than me. Because the seed of leadership is in you. I might have the opportunity to teach you today, but it, it has nothing to do with how great you can become in life. There were days I sat down listening to people just as you're listening to me. So there are some of you here listening to me you will travel the world, you will build companies, you will build homes, you will do stuff that will be amazing to our minds when we discover what you are able to accomplish. But the question is, are you willing to go through the process so that the seed of leadership that's in you will come forth? And I tell you this, and mark my words, and don't take it for granted, nobody on this earth has an idea of what can become of your life. If you allow God to lead you. Not even you. Nobody. I don't care who the prophet is. Nobody has an idea. Of where the next 15 years your life would be. If you would allow God walk in you. If you would follow God. There is no human idea. Of what can come out of your life. There's no idea. Nobody has a clue of that. You don't even have a clue of that. There are things in the mind of God for you if you will cultivate the seed of leadership that's in you. But you know what makes us not to cultivate the seed of leadership? Indiscipline. Too lazy to pursue purpose. Praise the name of the Lord. Wrong association. Wrong friends. Wrong ambition. Praise the name of the Lord. So Nehemiah and Esther, I just give you those two examples. The seed of leadership. Another guy that interests me so much. I don't know why I'm going this way. Actually, not in my notes. But I just follow the whole ghost. Another guy that interests me so much is Jephthah. Giving birth to by Harlot. He was driven from, the, from, the, from his region and said, hey, you know what? You can't have a portion of these because you're, you're, you're a son of a halot. Come on, guys. Think about it. Hmm? They are dividing properties, and people come and say, "Hey, hey, 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 we can't give you anything here." You say, "Why?" Say you are the son of the halot. They told him, <laughs> "Come on, how will do for you feel?" Then the reason you can't have is that you are the son of the halot. They didn't pay your mother's bride price. You are not supposed to be here. And the man left. He just left. Some of us put. All the excuses in our life That we didn't have the, wrong, the right background You know I've always told you When you stand before the Lord in judgment And say you know what My father did not really plan for me to come But they just gave birth to me God will say hey go and have a chat with Jephthah And by the time Jephthah tells you his story they will be looking for you in heaven Say where is that boy that said they didn't give birth to him well, Sam, Father he's hiding behind the tree And then God will call you John Bull, where are you? I heard your voice and I'm hiding. You know what? Because all the excuses we have for not living up to our potentials are just excuses. And excuses are the nails with which the coffin of our dreams are built. Excuses are the nails with which the greatness of our potentials is limited. Excuses are the limits we put on the unlimited potential that God has put in our hearts. Every excuse you have today not to live up to your leadership potential, someone has surpassed them. You didn't go to school; someone surpassed them. They abused you as a child; someone surpassed them. How many of you know Joyce Meyer? She just celebrated seventy-nine years birthday. She was abused by her father several times. She's her father? Her father got born again, baptized her father. Her father later accepted Christ. But out of that, look at the worldwide ministry that have come out. And meanwhile, every day, you talk about your abuse, you cry. Talk about your abuse, you cry. 16 years down the line, you still hate your father, still hate your mother, still hate everybody. And meanwhile, there's someone who's had worse. We're not on that plane what you went through. But they've allowed the Holy Spirit. Come on, are you here? They've allowed God to walk on that seed. And out of that life, a beautiful teacher of God's word, influencing millions Without having our own church, inspiring women—all—it's only Joyce Meyer's women's conference. I've seen men attending. I'm telling you, you know, men don't like to go to a conference. Not to talk of women's conference. Have you seen that? You know, if men—come on, are you here? If men go to a women's conference, they just drop their wife. You can call me when you are done. Am I right? But you see, in her women's conference, men sitting and taking notes. Come on, God can do incredible things out of your life. Say amen. If we believe God, that's what I'm saying. You cannot tell. How far God will take you If you allow that seed to be nurtured Praise the name of the Lord All right, praise God Okay, let's leave that Let's go to Matthew chapter 20 Where the Lord just took me in a very different direction But I think that will bless someone Go to Matthew chapter 20 and verse 26 So how did Jesus define leadership? Matthew 20 Verse 26 Can we read from verse 20 again, just to have a perspective to the scripture, and then we go on. It says, Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus with her sons, bowing down and making a request of him. And he said to her, What do you wish? She said to him, Command that in your kingdom these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and on on your left. But Jesus answered, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? They said to him, We are able he said to them, My cup you shall drink, but to sit on my right hand and on my left, this is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. And hearing this, the then became indignant with two brothers. With the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself, we explained this last Wednesday, and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. We talked about that, what that Greek word is. And their great men exercise authority over them. Verse 26, defining verse, It is not this way among you. That changes everything we know about leadership. Come on. That changes every single leadership theory we know. Because leadership is about exercising authority. But it says among you, it will not be so. Because you are now in a different kingdom. Something has to change. The way you see leadership has to change. You know I was thinking about this Maybe I'll teach on it if the Holy Spirit permits me But I was thinking about this What is greatness in life really What is greatness And I look at John the Baptist And Jesus says no prophet is as great as John the Baptist And what did John the Baptist do He performed no miracles Come on If we look at all the prophets in the Bible Who would you call the greatest Elijah Right Elijah or Elisha Which of them Is it Shah or Jah Ja, Okay those of few years, Those of few years, Sesha. Alright. What about Moses? Moses is a prophet of God. Parted the Red Sea, let three million people out, fed them with manna. I mean, these guys were hungry for meat. They cried and cried, and Moses cried to the Lord, and meat was coming until meat came out of their nursery. Man, I'm telling you. Manna came out. Pillar of fire by night, uh, uh, by night a cloud by day. I mean, who who else can you say was great that God wrote ten commandments and the man carried the stone from the presence of the Lord? Bam! First commandment, second commandment. I mean, he came down, he got so angry because of the children of Israel because it's the people you lead that will frustrate your life. Got so angry, first thing about overcoming discouragement in ministry is that it's the people that you are called to that will kill you in ministry. If you don't know how to handle them, and handle yourself by the help of the Holy Ghost. And you know, it's the, that's the reason Moses didn't get to the promised land. The people. The people. Right? Imagine, I, I was not there, but I'm just thinking. Moses held his arm, arms like, like this and broom. Ten commandments written. The guy came down. Was so angry because the people were messed up. His assistant had led them to like adultery. His assistant pastor Aaron has led them to idolatry. Alright? Be, beware of assistants. Alright? Alright? <laughs> And then Moses broke the stone. You know what? God asked him to come and take another one. Right? Powerful man. When Aaron and Miriam criticized him, that are you the only one who God speaks to? He didn't reply to them. He was the meekest man in all the earth. God showed up and said, Hey, 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 hey. I know you guys like to gossip because you're assistant pastors, but don't gossip your senior pastor. I am the one. And God introduces Moses to Aaron and Miriam and said, You know what? If, and you know Miriam is elder because Miriam took care of Moses. Right? That's the interesting about ministry, <laughs> you know. And Miriam and, and the Lord told told Miriam and Aaron, and says, you know what? If there's a prophet, I speak to them by similitude. But with Moses, I speak face to face. The Hebrew word there is paim, which means that I speak to him without any iota of you know. There's nothing between us. Do you, God is saying that He speaks to Moses face to face. That was the introduction of God about Moses. He says, listen, if there is a prophet among you, I talk to them in dreams and in visions. But in Moses, I speak to him face to face. That was interesting. In fact, it's part of what we're going to study um, uh, next month when we do our theology series, seeing Christ in the Old Testament. Moses was bold enough to tell the children of Israel that a prophet like unto me would God raise for you. You know what he was saying? He says, if you look at me, you will be able to find Jesus. That the, what Jesus will do for you is what I did for you. He was that bold, but his name wasn't mentioned. So what actually is greatness in the kingdom? What, what makes a man great in the kingdom? It's interesting. That all the natural things we look for as greatness, really guys, in the sight of God, these things are not What? And if we're not careful, we will begin to teach these things as greatness in the church and we will begin to lose track of what greatness is in the kingdom of God. It's not this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. Look at this. This is no way this will happen. That Look at the words Jesus used. Go to the next verse. It says, And whoever wants to be first among you shall be your slave. Look at how Jesus compares words. If you're writing, if you draw two lines, right? Draw two lines here. Then have great on one side. On your left hand side, write great and first. Okay? Great and first. Just draw two lines, okay? Great and first on your left hand side. Write... On top of it, let that head in. You know how you do singular and plural, right? So, where singular should be, write great. Uh, sorry, write gentle or write worldly. Okay, so where singular would be, write worldly. Alright? Then where plural should be, on the right hand side, write kingdom. So, worldly and kingdom or world and kingdom. So, the word term is great and first In the kingdom, what are the two words Jesus uses to replace these other two words? What did he use? Are you there? You are still drawing the line? (laughs) Don't go and end up drawing a line up to River Ninja. It's just small. You know the (laughs) the way some of you took that line serious. Relax. Don't draw anything again. Okay, look up. He says, if you want to be great, you must become what? Use the words of Jesus. It's in your Bible. If you want to to become great, you must become what? If you want to become first, you must become what? Can Can you look at that? Two extremely opposite words. He says, great and first. Then he goes here to say, you know what? In the kingdom, it's not about being great and first. It's about becoming what? A servant and a slave. In your mind, think of it. You guys have brilliant mind. In your mind, would you ever call a slave the first person in the house? Let's say we are raising a prayer point here. And we're raising prayer points. Four prayer points. Number one prayer point, Lord, make me great. Number two, Lord, make me first. Number three, Lord, make me servant. Number four, Lord, make me slave. What are your first two prayer points? Great. great come on, talk to me, church. What, what will you pray? Great and first. When they pray servants, will you pray that? No. When they pray slave, lie, lie. That's, that's the pidgin English word for never in this life. Do you get that? Because our mind, is associated with worldly definition of greatness. You see what the Bible says? But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And listen to me. Jesus was not teaching a principle to become great. He was teaching what greatness is. So we're not saying... We're not saying, okay, I want to become great. Ah, let me serve on my way to become great. He says, no, no, no. Do you understand? That again, the motive is corrupted. Because your true desire is that you want to... No, he's saying, you know what? Greatness in the kingdom is defined as what? Servants, Servitude. To serve. Then he goes on to say, And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be what? Your slave. Two words are used here. Let's look at the two, two, two words. The two Greek words used, the word servant is the word diakonos. Diakonos. It means a minister, an attendant. An attendant. It, it's used uh, about... Roughly about 39 times in the scripture. Roughly about 39 times in the New Testament. The word diakonos, which is servant. It means uh, um, a servant... Uh, an, Something that implies a lower status or an attendant, a trusted officer of a lower s- status. Let me give you an example of the scripture where it was used. Uh, Matthew twenty-two. Go just go to Matthew twenty-two and verse thirteen. Let me show you somewhere. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. Go to Matthew twenty-two, verse verse thirteen. Are you there? Matthew twenty-two. Just a few 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 uh, pages off up, up front. Verse twenty-two. It was talking about. The man who organized this dinner, right? Hey, come on, are you here? Who organized this dinner and somebody came in without the uniform. Those who would like to eat party rice, you know, and they'll be crying. They say, who died? They'd say, ah, it's this woman who, and meanwhile is a man that died. You understand? Those kind of people. So he came in without the uniform. Then, <laughs> verse 13, Then the king said to the servants or to the attendants, bind him and f- f- hand and foot and throw him into outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth." So, those people he told to bind is the same word. The King James Version uses the word attendant. So, they are the ones you send for those kind of tasks. Imagine you want to throw someone out. The, type that, the kind of person you will send for that kind of task. John chapter 2 verse 9. John 2 9. We'll come back to Matthew. Just showing you where it was used. John chapter 2 verse 9. When the head waiter tested the water which had become wine and did not know where it came from but the servant who had drawn the water knew and the head waiter called the bridegroom. The word servant there is Diaconos, The one who brought the wine to the king. The one. That's the concept. If you go to a party and you see someone serving food do you, in your mind would you think that that's the greatest person there? Would you think that's the leader there? No! No. And that's why the kingdom of God is different. That's why we've got to allow the kingdom of God to renew our minds. Listen to me. If husbands understand this, they will not wait for their wives to serve them. They would serve. It will change how our home is. Children will not wait. Everybody will develop the heart of of a servant. It will change how we serve our, those that work with us in, the, in our companies. It will change how we see where we are. It will change everything. It will change when we walk into the church, how we want to serve. So Jesus says, leadership in the kingdom, pay attention to this, is not position. Leadership in the kingdom is not title. Leadership in the kingdom is an attitude and a lifestyle of a servant. So you serve. You serve. Then the next word he uses there, Matthew 20, go back there. Verse 27. Whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Slave, slave, slave. The word there is doulos. Doulos, D-O-U-L-O-S. He used 127 times in the New Testament. It means a voluntary or involuntary sense of subjection of slave can you imagine Jesus saying if you want to be first you must become a slave it will it does nothing to our mind how many times do we just want to be served how many times do they give us little positions and we are like yeah just dishing out instructions that's why some things that we watch today we call humility is so sad, right? Maybe you know I don't know how people do it. I'm sorry, but it's, I find it very interesting. They will now show a general overseer of the church He's carrying cements. <laughs> you know the way some some things can be so funny. It's so interesting. Right, Carry and eh? he's throwing cement. Say ah, that man is humble. Even when they were building the church, how Jew was carrying cement. Let me tell you the truth. Even as small as our church is, let's imagine that we're building something, and you see me carry cement. Do you think? I don't know. Let me assume. Do you, because you know, since a pastor, you carry. Christ amongst us must be slaves. Before this teaching, not after this teaching. <laughs> but do you think you would allow me to go and be carrying cement, even as small as our churches? You wouldn't not to talk of the camera now, you see, our most, this camera that we carry everywhere be wary of it this trying to show that we are humble, we are not it is a subtle way of deceiving people if a man is truly humble and is carrying that act he will not even want it on record that is the truth are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. Ah, you know, we do that nowadays. So, way. Hmm? Your husband is helping you to cook in the kitchen. Hmm? You now do life. Wow. Hobby like no other. <laughs> Sweetie. This is what a true man is. My husband helps me to go to the market. My husband cooks. for. What is all this now? What is all this? Let me tell you the truth. Let me tell you. I'm here now as your pastor. If I enter kitchen and you do live streaming, eh, the end of the world has come. I, won't cook again. I, mean, because I don't know what you're going to video next. You see, some things are not, I know you want to show that the man loves you, but it's highly unnecessary. A Christian primarily is conservative. There is something the spirit of Christ does to you that kills your I know you will not agree, but I'm the one preaching today. Do you understand? This thing of we want to show mm-mm, mm-mm, there is something that when you receive the spirit of Christ there are many things you will not show. Trying to show that you are humble, you are already proud. Because you don't have to show it. It should be a life... Are you understanding? Listen, we're not teaching this as a principle to becoming great. We are teaching slavery as greatness. Do, do you get my point? So it's not like <laughs> you know, you go to the office tomorrow, you are sweeping, say become slave, become great, become slave. Great. You know, after two months, <laughs> if, if the you people are not are not seeing me sweeping, the anger. You think I'm your mate? I'm supposed to be your boss. Because pastor said we should be slaves. Are you people mad in this place? The, do you understand? So you see, for you, it's a principle. We are not teaching principles of leadership. We are teaching that in the kingdom, slavery to us is greatness. So it's not that we are using it to become great. No, 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 no. no. That for us is greatness. See how Jesus puts it when he talks about his own life just as the Son of Man did not come to be served. Now, this is interesting. I was thinking about this and my theological mind was just going right. Is it really true that Jesus did not come to be served? But if we look at it, you would realize that the scripture says, we'll read it if we we have the time, we'll go to Philippians, that it was God that exalted his name, that at the name of Jesus, every name was bowed. He didn't give that name to himself. The God that he came to show in the world did that to his name. Uh, do you follow that? He didn't come to his hand. But what did he come? But to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. What do slaves do? Slaves literally give their life. Huh? I mean, let me, let me tell you. The truth of the matter is that We don't understand what slavery is. Right? Permit me to use this example, please. Permit me. Nannies and house helps. That's not what I'm talking about. A nanny is well taken care of. That that does not go half of what a slave is. Some of you need to go and read what slavery is. Do you understand? A slave practically has no choice. A slave is not the one that, will, uh, this one, is well-dressed, will eat food, will go to school. No. If you had a slave, a slave would not be going to school. All his life is dedicated to doing what? Service. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? We're not using that concept today. That's, that's a job. That's brilliant. That's so, so, when we talk about the service, don't just have, that, is, that is highly exalted to the concept Jesus was teaching. It's actually to the point where you're you're laying your life down for people. And it's difficult for the flesh because we don't want to lay our, our life down. That's why discipleship, first of all, is to die to yourself. Is to die to yourself. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's look at this. Can we look at the, uh, okay, let's look at that Philippians I was talking about. Let's see, we, we, have, we have some time. Are you, are, you, are you getting something from this? Say amen if you are. Okay. Uh, let me see this now. Alright, can we read that? Philippians chapter 2, go to verse 3. Let, let's read some things here. So we understand that this is our life. It's a lie to serve. Do nothing from selfish or empty concepts, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourself. Did you see that? Hey, come on, church. Did you see that? But what do we... What, what, <laughs> what bombards our media, all our quote today? Self. Am I right? Love yourself. Take care of yourself. Have time for yourself. is good. You know, when, when people interpret scripture, sometimes I laugh. You know, people say, love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's what Jesus said. They now say, you, you cannot love your neighbor if you don't really love yourself. Now, understand where they are going now. They now forget about love the neighbor and they now teach you how to love yourself. Let me tell you, let me tell you, you already overlove yourself. The, the Adamic man the man that unregenerated, un-regenerated. The man that Satan sits in his heart. By nature loves himself. To love your neighbor as you love yourself is the work of scriptures. Not to even teach you how to love yourself more. Are, are you following this? i <laughs> not giving you steps to love yourself. Have some me time. Okay. <laughs> and I say that everything is about ourselves. If people don't like me the way I am, I don't care. Jesus loves me. Okay. Jesus loves you. We know Jesus loves you. <laughs> I just like me. I just do me. I do me. Okay. <laughs> no problem. Do you realize that? You are pulling away from scriptures. And what you will just build is you will just build people around you who are also focused on themselves and all of you is about yourself. So you will be a Christian, but a very carnal one. Because you can be a carnal Christian, saved in your spirit. But all your life is about you. Everything. If it does not profit you, mm, no way. You know, I was talking about this whole thing of coming to church. To be honest, there's no time where it's convenient for people to come to church. There's no There's no convenient time. Some people are just coming straight from work. You can see some people with their work clothes. Some people are tired. Huh? So everything that we have to do, there's a level of sacrifice. And people will rather sacrifice for themselves than sacrifice for others. There is no sacrifice people will not make to have a great time. Say, oh, we are going to the beach. They say, ah, how much? Say, it's two fives. Oh, ah, we have to go to the beach. Now, the person manages to contribute two fives. Huh? Go and buy beach clothes. Some, we even, even where there is no more sun. We'll, they say, ah, we are having beach, uh, beach hats. Now, carry a big hat that we are not even seeing the face. Oh, do you have beach sunglasses? Say, no. Ah, you have to have sunglasses. And they go, they have me time. Okay. Oh, in church, we need to do one five for boss. Ah, bo. ah, ah, ah. I don't have hope. Now, you see the issue. It's not that they don't... It's not that when they were going to the beach, they had. But the love of self released creative ideas for them to have that resources. And and as you're looking at me, I know there's nothing you really want to do for yourself that you have not done. Some of you have made hairs. Hmm? Made hair. Look at the mirror. What nonsense did this girl make? Is this the picture I showed you? Say no. How much is the hair? Six five. And tomorrow is Sunday. You are not the one preaching. I'm the one preaching. <laughs> I'm the one preaching. So I cannot take this hair to church. What, what nonsense? I, I cannot take this hair to church. In fact, I'm not coming to your salon again. It's okay. Say no, 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 it's not okay. They'll go and lose it. And make another hair. Another six five. And then when they see that, I warn you, I'm just coming from one saloon now, and the lady made a mistake. Don't try it. <laughs> say, yes, ma'am. They make How much? Six five plus six five. Math student. Thirteen thousand. And then you come to church. So, well, let's receive our offering. Let's receive our offering. Lord, we lift up our eyes. Where is that change that that saloon woman gave me? <laughs> and then you drop one thousand. Was that 1000 for the love of the kingdom? I'm just showing you areas we love ourselves. Now, understand this the love of self compels us to make sacrifice for ourselves. Jesus is now saying that in this kingdom, regard the other person as more important than yourself. Did you follow that? What that means is that the sacrifice I will go through for myself because I'm now a leader, I will go through that for the other person. How many of you think that's challenging? That's challenging. That's challenging. That's it right there. How do you think someone is more important than yourself? How do you think so? So you've got to renew your mind because the world will never tell you someone is more important. The world would rather tell you that you are what? You are the most important. And if that person does not see you as that, they can do. But imagine if all of us sitting here in church today considered the other person more important than us and we go our way to serve them. What do you think is going to happen? Transform community. How do we even know? It's as simple as when the bus comes tonight. So let's take our closing confession. <laughs> Forever, ever. Amen. We say amen here. Yeah, I'm walking to my office, you're already in the front seat. I, this is not to anybody in particular. You are already in the front seat. You have gone gone, you have chosen all the nine seats. And then the women are trying to gather their children. Huh? You didn't even consider that. What about if we help the ladies? Who have children get the nine seats and are comfortable. Some of you don't even consider that they are ladies. Say, I ah, don't worry. A man will see you, see you, and carry you people. A man will see us and not carry us. Let us you see where your mind is going. Say, if a man see you now, they will give you lift, they will leave us. Let us secure our own first. Abi. Yeah. yeah. So when we say, leadership is service, we're not saying when you get to heaven. No. Daily, you start considering other people. You see, It will shape the way you live your life. You will see everyone created in the image of God, and you want to lay your life down for them as Christ laid their life down. I'll say this. The Lord is taking me in a lot of prophetic directions, but I'll follow this. During the COVID, hmm? It has passed so during the COVID just I'm just putting this by the side. During the COVID, how many people called and find out, hey Pastor, how you how you how you surviving? How many people made that call? Hmm? But do you know that when the COVID started, I practically called every member of this church. Two hundred names on the phone. I did that twice for the two years. Every single person, I made that call. Do you know why God blesses pastors? I'll tell you very simple. A pastoral life is lived considering more people, others as important. When I go to bed, think about you. When I get up in the morning, thinking of church members, are you following what I'm saying? Hello? I know that one will touch you small. But I'm just showing you that it's not so much about the position. It's in the everyday life, we find a place of doing what? Considering people more important than ourselves, we are now beginning to take up the lifestyle of what? Of kingdom leadership. Don't see it from your regular leadership training. Don't see it from, you know, we're positioning you to take over the marketplace. Leave all those high-sounding languages away. I'm talking about becoming the leader that represents kingdom values in your daily life. In your daily life. You go to the job. You just ensure that things are going well. Go out of your way. And you know what will begin to happen. Let's, let's read on. It says... Verse 4 Do not merely look out for your own personal interests But also for the interests of others Don't just be so concerned about your interests Don't look out for your personal interests We all have personal interests Like I said We all have to love ourselves But there is a greater demand Because every Listen Everybody who is not born again Do they love themselves? Hey come on church Do they love themselves? Everybody who is not born again Do they have personal interests? Do they look out for their personal interests? What is now the difference between you and the man who is not born again? Yeah? This is the difference. You also look out for the interest of others. In the spirit of Christ. Not because you want to do it because you want a position. Not because you want to do it so they can get something back to you. Do you understand that? It's because you really know that this is now greatness in the kingdom. Look at this. Have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus. Pay attention to me, this is key. So for us, this is an attitude. It's a lifestyle. It is not a principle, please. It is not a step. It is rather our lifestyle. Now look at this. Who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. He didn't think being equal with God was something he should hold on to. He, he didn't think so. If Jesus thought so, all the times he lived on the earth, brother, I tell you, nobody would have gotten close to him. Imagine when that woman with the issue of blood touched him. He said, who touched me? Are you, what is wrong with you? You're touching God anyhow. <laughs> I remember one of my friends who was a pastor. Interestingly, one day we were walking, so I, I held him. He just drew my hand. I said, my friend, remove, remove, remove your hand. I'm not your member. <laughs> Imagine, Jesus had 12 disciples. Zeke equal with God. Do you think they would have been able to travel with him? I, I'm thinking there are times he would have just shown power just to tell them that, see, I just want to remind you guys that I'm God. Turned up, <laughs> Just to, in case you, are getting, you guys are getting too familiar. Hmm? But he didn't think of it. And I'll show you this maybe on um, Wednesday. talk about understanding who you are in Christ. That's what will make you to be able to serve others. Where nothing externally changes that identity. You know that regardless of what you do, you are in Christ. You are complete in Him. He is the source of your identity. Not your job, not your title, nothing but you are in Christ. Changes how you see everything in this world. Not what you drive, not what you wear, not what you spray. Those things are beautiful, but it changes nothing. Look at this. He thought it not, he, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. But what happened? But emptied himself. Taking the form of a born servant The word born servant I've, I've, I don't know if I've taught it here—is actually a bit higher than a servant Because a born servant is a servant who ought to be free But chooses to serve willingly and, and being made in the likeness of men, Being found in the appearance as a man He humbled himself by becoming obedient To the point of death Even death on the cross So listen to me saints of God Death on the cross for us Was Jesus humbling himself how can a God die on a cross? Like a criminal. You know why? Because he wasn't looking out for his own interest. He was looking for your own interest. He was looking to save you. That was, that's it. Why are we worshipping him today? Because he came as a slave. Came to us, Came to lay his life down. Being found in the appearance, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even dead on a cross. The cross was not a glamorous thing, it was a place where condemned criminals were killed out of the Roman city, out of the city. It was, it was okay for you to die in the city, but to take you out of the city was like an outcast. And he did all that because he was looking for your own personal interest. That's why when you understand the message of salvation, you will have no other option than to love Jesus. Because when you know what he took To grant us this life It's, it's a constraint of love Look at this Then he says For this reason also God highly exalted him And bestowed on him the name Which is above every other name So that name was given to him by God Let's look at a practical example of something Jesus did Are you still here? Say amen if you're here Praise God um, Can you go to John 17? John 13? Let's look at the story. Service. What about if children in the home decide to take this and say, I'll serve my parents. John 13 verse 1. Huh? And lay their lives down for their parents. Or husbands do this for the wife. And the wife does this for the husband. Looking after each other's interests. Employees. Look after the interest of those that, uh, that, that employed you Those that are employing people Look after the interest of people on the, Follow this and serve people How can this person who is working for me Become better Not how to extract from them right? Not how to use them until they faint hmm? Not how to <laughs> extract every penny from them I always say this That I want the people that work for me that if you give them an option to go and work somewhere else, probably with a better job, just because of the kind of environment we've created and the things God is helping us to do, they will not be willing to go there. I, I want people who work for me not, it's not like you're working for me and then, you know, you're like, ah! Can't believe, I can't thank God when my freedom will come. Yeah. How do you treat your employees? How do you treat the sales girls? Praise God. Look at this. Let's read this. John 13, verse 1. Now, before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, he would depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. He loved them to the end. That's a very powerful phrase. Sometimes we don't love people to the end, we only love them to where they are good. Hmm? Say this is my love Your rope is shortening (laughs) After I say love has finished (laughs) But he loved them to the end And I'll tell you this Loving the disciples of Jesus Was not easy Because when he was on the cross They all ran away You know when Jesus was on the cross No disciple was with him No one Except John His brother His mother. His mother. His brother were there. All the rest. I don't even know where they went. Peter that was following. (laughs) Peter. Ah. Peter was following. warming himself. And a lady. Lady. And asked questions. See, the way you are talking is like you were... You were following Jesus. Ah, no, 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 no. no. Ah, I don't know him. <laughs> ah, Peter. You don't know Jesus. If anybody would deny Jesus, not Peter, who asked all the questions? You know, who said, we have left everything to follow you. What would you get? You know, if you were a leader, what will you say? You are know, carrying the cross. And Peter just said, I don't know him. Say, soldier, please, please, soldier, Joe. <laughs> Peter, <laughs> Peter, I will implicate you. I know you. <laughs> you know. They asked him again. Say no. They asked Peter. I mean, do you know the pain? The cross is on you. You're going to die for this man. This man is denying you. The one that just took out sword. And now, Peter, Peter, got of on many. Yeah, you caught somebody's ear now. Peter said, yeah, I don't know you. And this is the person that heaven is depending on to preach on the day of Pentecost. You know, when Jesus went to the cross, it was almost like he failed on his mission. And this was, this was Peter. He was to preach. 50, like 55 days later, the day of Pentecost was to come. And who was to take the lead message that day? Peter. This is the one Christ said, on the revelation of Christ, I'll build my church. Deny, flat denier. Most was like I know him who I know who not very close. Mm-mm. See, never. Jesus looked at him. Then he. The one who had the money bags, sold him. So he loved them to the end. Because what I'm teaching you now is not, is not going to be, is not a, is, it's, you know, it looks interesting. But in practice, it's not interesting. You will give yourself to people that will betray you you will put other people's interests that would accuse you of all kinds of things. People would dishonor. Do you understand? It's, it's when those things start happening that we start rewriting the laws of leadership. We now rewrite it to suit our flesh. Because when those things come, it looks like, ah, I thought if I put your interest, you'd be loyal to me forever. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. You might love people who never re- reciprocate the love. That's why the kingdom is different Let's go through this quickly During the supper the devil had already Put into the heart of Judas Iscariot the son of Simon to betray him <laughs> Jesus knowing that the father Had given all things into his hands And they had come forth from, from God And was going back to God Got up from the supper Laid aside his garments And taking a towel He girded himself Then he poured water into the basin And began to wash the disciples' feet so, wipe them with towel with which he was given. So, he came to Simon Peter. He said, Lord, do you wash my feet. Jesus said to him, What I do, you do not realize now, but you will understand. Peter said to him, Never shall you wash my feet. Never. Jesus said, If I do not wash your, you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter then said, Lord, then wash not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Peter. Peter is an interesting character. He said, don't, don't wash my feet. Jesus says, If I don't wash your feet, they are not part of me. Say, sir, my head, my shoulder, my knee, my toe. Wash everything. You know, he was so, you know, Peter was just talk. Whatever comes to the mind. And you know, when you have Peter people around you, you have to be patient with them. Because you tell them this bone, they go, it's one extreme to the other. From don't wash my feet. Say, everywhere, sir. Everywhere. I'm low here. Wash my head. Jesus did my friend, get out. Your feet is okay. Jesus didn't say, get out. But. <laughs> Jesus said, he who has baited, verse 10, he who has baited needs only to wash his feet, but he's completely clean, and you are clean, but not all of you. So you are talking about baiting. That's what we are talking about. But this is the point. This is the point. The Jewish um, geography, Israel, was so dirty. So when you walked, and I've explained this to you before, when you walked, your feet gathered dust and they were big on cleaning before they eat. So when everybody got into the house, the lowest servant in the house will take a basin and wash every visitor's feet. This is what happened. They all went to eat, to, 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 to have the last supper. And guess what I'm thinking? Everybody was now thinking who go wash? Peter said, (laughs) in his mind, when Jesus said, who am I? I was the only one that gave the correct answer. So I can't wash." And in my mind, I'm thinking, Matthew was saying, listen guys, I was a tax collector before I came to join this ministry. If not that Jesus is just carrying us everywhere, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I had my own office. I had people coming to pay taxes. (laughs) And Judas is currently kind of saying, <laughs> All I'm seeing here is markets and money. I'm going to reach out to all of you guys. And I'm just thinking, everybody is thinking, who will do this dirty job? And here, Jesus, creator of the universe, third person of the Trinity, takes his gamut aside, ties a toil, takes a business. Kneels down, picks everybody's feet, and start washing their dirty feet. You know, we've done we've done we've turned this to feet washing service for breakthrough and completely missed out what Jesus was teaching us. Imagine today we come to church and I take it busy as a pastor of the church. Not if I've taught you wrongly, that it's a way to get miracles. Right? It rained and all of your feet got stuck with muds. And instead of allowing your muddy feet to get into the rug, myself and my wife, we kneel there with a basin in our hands and wash every one of your feet. Not with the camera on us that you go and post later. See our humble man of God. But saints of God Let's not rush over this point. Think of it. If you were Jesus, would you ever do that? To think that you could say, angels, come and wash the feet, and they'll do it. To think that you could pinpoint to any disciple and they will do it. Think, you know, you know why I teach you way I teach. I sit with the scriptures and I think into the scriptures. So I want you to use your mind the way I use my mind. Think tonight. Of us in this room with Jesus, and all our feet are dirty because it rained heavily outside. Think in your mind, Jesus standing up, putting his robe aside, getting a towel with water in his hands, and for every single feet of ours. Dirty, smelling, stinking, on kept toes, all kinds of fingernails. Just think of it. Don't think of it as nice, pedicured, manicured fingernails. Think of fishermen who are trekked the dusty road of Galilee, tired from the night. And know how their sandals were, only ropes and flat beneath, right? It wasn't cover shoes, it wasn't moccasin they weren't wearing night they trekked with dust trekked through the marketplace trekked the riverside their feet probably had picked all kinds and all manner and I thought their feet and in my mind I'm thinking their feet is so dirty that they don't even imagine washing them themselves they are just waiting, where is the servant? where is the servant? here are the feet, wash it Just imagine that Jesus humbles himself with everything he has, with creatures at his disposal, with angels at his disposal, with all the unlimited powers, John tells us, that he had the Spirit of God without measure. These worthless sinners who he picks, who didn't even believe so much in him, he washes their feet. And saints, not only does he wash the feet of those who believe in him, he washes the feet of the very man who will betray him. The very man who will sell him that night was part of that service. And Jesus did not skip him. How will you treat the man who you know is going to betray you tonight? Listen, I'm not teaching you leadership to occupy high places. I'm teaching you what the kingdom life is. That saints of God, the kingdom is radically opposed to what we see in our world today. But this thing about power, this thing about fame, this thing about popularity, this thing about greatness, we don't find a place for it in scriptures. And imagine Jesus takes the all. And imagine if every man hearing this message decides to go back to their home and save their wives, and serve their children as Jesus saved his disciples. And every wife decides, I'll serve this way. Even in the midst of betrayal, the midst of hurt, the midst of pain, you choose to do right. It will change our world. It will change our world. And you know what? He wasn't doing it because they could do something for him. Here was the man who was going to do everything for them. And I can show you in the Old Testament parallel in the life of Abraham. Scripture says Abraham was seated outside under the oak tree. And he saw three men coming. He didn't even know they were the angel of the Lord. And what did Abraham do? Come on, saints. What did Abraham do? Scripture says he ran. He ran. Don't forget, Abraham had a wife, Sarah. And Abraham had 318 servants in his house. He didn't send any of them to cook the ram, to cook the goat. He took it by himself and prepared him, prepared it, and served the three men. He did not know that he was serving the Lord. That's why the scripture says that some of you entertain strangers, entertain angels, without knowing. How we miss the opportunity to serve when we are full of ourselves. How we miss the opportunity to serve the Lord and to serve angels when it's about us. I don't like the way that guy talked to me. Who does he think he is? Is it because I am a Christian? Stupid man. Before I accepted the Lord, he should go to my street and ask of me. They used to call me Ion. Okay, now, Ion, hold on. Hold on, Ion, hold on. The Lord wants you not to be Ion any longer. wants you to be a leader. Holding on to our old nature at the expense of the reality of the kingdom is what makes us not to live the very life of Christ. But you know what? This book will rid us of ourselves. This book will make us look like fools on the earth. This book will make us look stupid in the eyes of men. But it's the foolishness of what the gospel teaches us. That is the wisdom of God. And so when I teach leadership, I'm not teaching principles, skills, and attitude. I'm teaching the very life of Christ, who is the greatest leader. That, listen, if you want to become a leader in the kingdom, it's about laying down yourself. It's not about the high seats. And this is the wrong concept. Some people have gotten into ministry, where I find a lot of young ministers getting into ministry, and all they are concerned about is people calling them daddy. And all they are concerned about is people buying before them. All they are concerned about is not about serving the people, it's about devouring the widows. How much money they can make of God's people. And even the very things that are in the scripture, that are not, they teach it so that it's all about money. You Pick up this this powerful doctrine of humility and servitude and Christ-likeness. And all you teach people is that when your feet is washed, Anywhere you go, favor will come. And you find feet washing in church and all again is about money, about ourselves. How we wash our feet today and go out there and make you a manager. How we wash our feet today and go out there and become great. Because for us, we're still struggling with the concept of greatness of the American dream. If you would live by the principles of this book, I'll tell you, the world will consider you foolish. That is why when you read the book of Hebrews, the scripture says the world was not worthy of these men. Because their choices looked foolish. How will Moses walk away from the princely palace of Pharaoh and choose to suffer affliction with the children of Israel? Walk away from becoming the Pharaoh of Egypt, schooled in all the learnings of Egypt, and here he was going to lead slaves who were stiff, stiff naked, who were rebellious, who had no education. He says he chose because he saw what was invisible. And when you read Hebrews chapter 11, the end point is that this world was not worthy of these men. They walked as pilgrims on the earth. There was nothing in this world that they saw as valuable. Not money, not fame, not popularity, not riches. It was nothing compared to what they saw. That's why Paul would pray the Pauline prayers we taught last month. That the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. That we will see, will be flooded with light, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That we will know the riches of his inheritance in the saints. What about if this defines how we see Leadership. What about if everyone in this church walked into this church with the mindset to serve one another? It'll change everything. It'll change your home. It'll change how your children see themselves. What about if we walk in and we don't feel that somebody owes us something, but we just want to serve? And like I said, not just serving only the good people, but even those who will betray us, even those who would backbite us, even those who would stab us. This is leadership in the kingdom. This is leadership in the kingdom. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we come before you tonight. We Thank you for the instructions of your word. Lord, we pray about the spirit of grace that you would help us to embrace the spirit of kingdom leadership in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Alright, um, while we get ready for the announcement, I want to thank every one of you on Sunday. Uh, we gave an instruction, or by the Spirit, that we should try as much as we can to give extra above and beyond what we we'll normally give. And I want to thank you for responding to that. Thank you, everyone. And if you have not responded to that, like I said, you could do it month-end. But I want to thank you for your generosity. God bless you. God prosper you. And God increase you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to send this message out. I want you to do me a favor. Get it into as much people as you can. Encourage them to listen to it. I believe in this message is a seed that can lead to supernatural transformation where leadership is concerned among the body of Christ. And so we're going to send out several. We're going to send out the the one you can send out directly.